God, we agree, we affirm that the Lamb, Jesus Christ, is worthy, worthy to receive all our love, all our praise, all of our affection, all of our emotion. Jesus, thank you for what you did on the cross, laying down your life for us while we were still sinners, giving us your righteousness, and then rising from the dead on the third day. And now you are seated at the right hand of the Father. And all those who trust in you receive the Holy Spirit living inside of their hearts, giving us the power to love you, Jesus, to see you, to enjoy you by obeying you and what you've said. Jesus, you are worthy of all our praise. Thank you for lifting us out of our sin. For your mercy. When we return to you, you welcome us as a father welcomes his lost son. Thank you for your kindness, which leads us to repentance, turning away from our sin, changing our mind, coming to our senses. And thank you that you revive our hearts so that we can see you as you really are, high and lifted up on the praises of of your people. Holy Spirit, would you work this morning in our hearts? Now illuminate your word. Give Pastor Rick wisdom and boldness and clarity to proclaim your word faithfully. We thank you for what you're doing in our midst. We thank you that we can express our love for you because you first loved us. Jesus, you are worthy. And we say, worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. And Jesus, it's in your worthy, powerful name that we pray and all God's people said. Amen and amen. You can be seated as we continue. And our kids can be dismissed to the lobby. Well, it was amazing singing with you. Hopefully you got to know some of those songs as we were singing. That's one way that we show our love for God and his son, Jesus Christ, is by singing to him. So now in just a moment, Pastor Rick's going to get up and he's going to preach a message from the Bible. All the verses will be up on the screen for you. 
If you want, you can quickly also download a Bible app on your phone. And we also have some Bibles on the back tables if you want a physical Bible as well. But again, we're just so happy that you're with us. And it was beautiful to hear you sing. So now Pastor Rick's going to get up in just a moment. If you would, just direct your attention to the screen. We're so glad you're here today. We're glad that you chose to come out of your busy schedule to be able to, well, worship, be able to adore, and maybe even be introduced to God just a little bit differently. Each week, we have the privilege here of opening up God's Word, His transforming Word. This Bible, we believe, has been inspired and given to us so that we might be encouraged and convicted and strengthened. We're in a series called David, the life of a king. And over these past few weeks, we've been in 1 Samuel. That's an Old Testament book, and it will eventually bleed into 2 Samuel. But I know just about everybody here has probably heard the story of David. You, you know, the teenager who killed a giant with a sling. And this is so much more than just a story. It's, a, it's an amazing story because it reveals to each one of us who David is. That David somehow trusted his God differently than just about anybody else. That's the person we're looking at. God himself um, chose David to be the second king of Israel. A king chosen because he had a relationship with God. Now, don't let that just pass over you. David, <laughs> thousands of years ago, had a relationship with God. Did you ever wonder about that? Did you ever think about what that would look like? God? Creator? God? For me, actually, to be able to talk with him, for, for him to be involved in my life, for, for him to guide and direct me, that might be intimidating to some. Some, you might be drawn to that. But David did have this good relationship. David wasn't perfect. He was disobedient and wandered from God at times. And when he did, he repented and came back to his heavenly father who was holding out his loving arms. You would think that a good friendship with God would mean easy street. 
You know, life on earth would be both trouble and crisis-free. But David's life was anything but smooth sailing. So many of us have this opinion that, hey, if God smiles on us, or if we have this relationship with God, or if we're religious, well, life ought to go better for us. But that's really not the deal. You see, God promises a presence. God promises himself in spite of what life looks like. You see, in David, or with David, as we study him, and and as I said, we've done that for the past few weeks, and we'll continue if you come back and join us. But his life was filled with misunderstandings, sleeping in caves, injustices, Giants, which I've already mentioned, betrayals, plagues, and add in a little bit of family rivalry and dysfunction. Sometimes the troubles were his fault. Sometimes the hardships came because other people weren't so wise and rebellious. And yet other times we find he had no clue why life was so hard. In many ways, if we look at David's life, it reflects our lives. It, it just does. The, there are times that, that the journey seems so hard. It seems so unjust. It seems so difficult. And you wonder why. Why is all this happening? So I asked the question this morning, how did David do it? Not only did he handle life, But he thrived in the midst of this chaos. If I were to ask David, and of course David's not here, but but if I were, and and just say, hey, Dave, can I call you Dave? He goes, of course you can. I said, okay, Dave, how do you do it? Life hasn't been easy. How do you do it? And he would reply, The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. David described God, his God, the almighty God, as his shepherd. Now let me remind you that David was well acquainted with sheep and with shepherds. He was a teenager watching a flock of sheep when Samuel the prophet came and actually anointed him as the second king of Israel. He was out watching flocks. He had been doing this. It was part of his chores. It was part of being the son of Jesse. He knew about sheep. And we've even read that there were times when bears or lions would attack the herd and he would be able to protect them. He knew about sheep. He knew their eating habits. He knew their sleeping habits. He just flat out knew about sheep. And David knew that sheep didn't do well without a shepherd, period. In in case you don't know, sheep don't have any natural defenses against a predator. Sheep are usually chunky, short legs, no fangs for the most part. 
If anybody comes or any lion or bear or any other predator, it's lunch. Let's just face it. Okay? They didn't have any natural defense against disease. About the parasites. It needed a shepherd to be able to wash them and to put oil on them and to protect them from some of these things. Sheep also have little discernment in what to eat. That sounds kind of goofy. But whatever you give sheep, they eat it. Wouldn't you like that for your kids? You know, I wish you were more like sheep and just say thank you instead of moaning all the time. You know? But that's what sheep do. They just eat what's in front of them. So if it is harmful or if it is poisonous or if it isn't good, doesn't matter. They just eat it. Drinking. They drink whatever. Water could be polluted. Water might not be fresh. If water is there, they could drink it. And lastly, which is even hard to understand, sheep don't even know when to rest. They will continually be active. They will walk around. And it takes a shepherd to actually calm them down and put them down. Lastly, sheep are directionally challenged. (laughs) If they get lost, they have no idea how to get back home. Uh, All right. And if a shepherd's not there, they just wander and, and who knows where they end up. All right. Now, sheep need a shepherd if they're going to be fat, happy sheep. David knew that people were just like sheep. And maybe you've even heard that, and maybe that even offends you a little bit, and say, hey, Rick, don't call me a sheep. Don't call me a lamb. Come on, man. Cut me some slack. I'm much smarter. I'm much more intelligent. I'm not directionally challenged. I can do life without a shepherd. I can do it. Well, usually that sounds like a teenager. Because as you start living life and it starts to, well, get on and you get older and you find out how life is hard and life is unfair. And and the choices that sometimes you make don't end up well at all. We're like sheep. We are. David also knew that good shepherds care for the sheep. This is what's exciting. It, It really is. Is that in spite of a sheep's demeanor, in spite of a sheep's attributes... If there is a good shepherd, there is going to be one fat, happy sheep. Because a good shepherd protects against the predators. And a good shepherd applies the oil so there's not disease and parasites. And a good shepherd provides good pasture. And when a pasture is unhealthy or a pasture isn't right, they move the sheep to another pasture. A good shepherd provides fresh water, not diseased water. And a good shepherd knows exactly when to put the sheep down. They guide and they direct the sheep. If you were a sheep, you would want a good shepherd. 
You would not want to live life alone. You wouldn't. Now, David wrote in Psalm 23. It's a psalm that's so familiar with many of you. And, and I'd like to read the first four verses to you. Because to David, Psalm 23, he wrote this because he was describing his heavenly father. Now, some of you, but before we read, I'm just going to warn you, say, well, you know what, Rick? I've heard this before. This is so familiar. I, I don't, why are you reading this today? Well, actually, Psalm 23 is a lot more important than just reading at funerals, which so many times you hear. Psalm 23 is one of these psalms that literally I quote every morning. I pray through. And, and not again because I don't know what else to do. It's because I need to remind myself of how important it is to have a shepherd. So, so I hope this encourages you too. But David starts off, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord. Is personal. The Lord is involved. David knows that God is much more than a figurehead or some religious kind of image or persona. He's his shepherd, his personal shepherd. And then he says, I, I have all I need. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have no needs. He, he will take care. He will guide me. He will protect me. How, how amazing. He says he lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me and allows me to feast on what is good and tasty and won't hurt my belly, won't hurt me personally. He leads me beside peaceful streams, refreshing streams. He gives me what I need. When I'm thirsty, I'm, I'm satisfied with who he is and what he says. This is so cool. He renews my strength. I, I get tired. I, I get weary. But it is my shepherd that encourages me, that energizes me. And he guides me along right paths. There's so many paths. There's so many directions. There's so many different things that are going. My shepherd, my shepherd guides me, David says. And then I bring honor to his name when I listen to him, when I follow him, when I go down those pathways. God is glorified. God is honored. God is magnified. I have a purpose. And I love this next line. Even when I walk through the darkest valley. <laughs> David. David walked through dark valleys. And, and I know everyone in this room, everyone online, we have all walked through dark valleys. Every one of us. 
And, and David just says this, I, I, I'm not afraid. I'm, I'm not afraid of the noises. I'm not afraid of the darkness. I'm not afraid of the unknown. I, I'm not afraid of that. Just simply because you are with me. You're walking with me. Your presence is enough for me. And though all the future may look scary or the present looks scary, I don't have to fear. You, you, you are my shepherd. You know, it's kind of exciting is that the story actually gets even better. Jesus, well, hundreds of years after David, spent three years preaching and healing. The scriptures tell us, and it's, <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's almost Christmas season. I, I mean, have, have you been to Costco lately? You know, Menards? It, it just is like, are you serious? You know, uh, the trees are out. The lights are out. Everything's here. And this is the season that actually we rejoice in because God sent his son into our world so that we might be able to see and understand who God is. That's the story of Christmas. A miraculous story conceived in a virgin so that Jesus grew up sinless and was able to eventually be our sacrifice so that we could get reconnected with God. But Jesus, when he was here on the planet, when he was about 30 years old, he began to do ministry. It just simply means he was gathering some disciples and he was going to different towns and villages and he would be preaching about his father and he would be healing those who are lame and those who are sick and those who are infirmed and those who are possessed. He gathered up 12 disciples and he began to meet with them and talk with them and help them understand what was important. And during his teaching time, he eventually unleashed them and said, hey, you've heard me talk. You've seen me heal. I want you to go out and I want you to represent my father and let's tell others about the kingdom. How amazing it is to live underneath the reign and the rule of God. You'll look different than anyone. You'll act differently. You'll think differently. It's amazing. And so that's what they did. They went to all these villages and towns and and, and they were able to teach and, and offer people, well, like in John chapter four, living water. A relationship with Jesus will quench a thirst that nothing else can quench. And that's what Jesus was offering and encouraging. And people from all walks of life responded to Jesus. Can you imagine that? The Son of God being able to teach, being able to share. What an impact. And near the end of Christ's earthly life, at about 
33 years old or so at that time, he told his disciples in a very intimate kind of atmosphere. And and he said this. He said, I want you to know I am the good shepherd. So they had known about David. They'd known about Psalm 23. But right near the end, he wanted to make sure, wanted to make sure above anything else. He goes, I want you to know I am the good shepherd. And in John chapter 10, there's all kinds of verses describing the good shepherd, but I've picked a few of them and would like to read them for you. Jesus said this, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. I am a shepherd that does what's best for you. I know you well, and I want to walk with you, and I want to encourage you. And I am the good shepherd. I I know my sheep, and they know me. Those who are part of my flock. I know well. I can tell because they listen to me. Uh, They drink what I tell them to drink. They rest when I tell them to rest. They, They are growing fat and happy because they're part of my flock. He says the good shepherd calls out his own sheep by name. He's involved with them. He knows them. He knows their idiosyncrasies. How cool is that, that our God can be involved so much in our lives that knows us, involved with us. Again, to some, that's probably scary, but to many, it's so comforting that that our God just cares. And not only does the good shepherd call them by name, but he leads them. He guides them. And the sheep follow. The sheep listen. The sheep desire to stick with the shepherd because they know the shepherd is wise. Then Jesus said, the good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A good shepherd will think more about the sheep than his own life. And then he says this, and the good shepherd desires to give them a rich and a satisfying life. Not a life that's perfect, not a life that makes you rich, not a life that makes all things beautiful. Because life is hard. But in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of our world, he wants to give you a rich and a satisfying life, a purpose for getting up in the morning and something to die for. How cool is that? Now, God sent Jesus because he loved us. And like it or not, we are sheep And we need a shepherd. Actually, we need a savior. We need someone to guide and direct us and teach us and do life with us. Jesus is the perfect shepherd. 
And as I read, one who gave up his life in order that we would experience life. For some of you, we would call that Easter or Good Friday to be even more accurate. It was a time near the end of Christ's life that he voluntarily spread out his arms and was nailed to a cross and died a most humiliating death. And and his blood was shed. Now up to that time, if you wanted to connect with God, you would use animal sacrifices. And, And the blood would be able to, well, temporarily cover your sins so that you could have access with the Almighty God. But because all of us have sinned, all of us have fallen short, All of us have been separated from God. But God says, I love you. I I want a relationship with you. And so he sent Jesus to be the absolute perfect sacrifice, the sinless sacrifice, the perfect lamb of God, so that when he died on the cross, that he paid all the debt for all of our sin. Actually, the Bible says that his wrath, God's wrath was appeased now that we could be reconnected, that we could be redeemed, all because of Christ's love. Sin's debt is death. And Jesus died in our place, satisfying God's wrath. So we could be sons and daughters, satisfying God's wrath, so we might be, well, sheep in his fold, shall we say. By faith, we can acknowledge our sin. And by faith, we can trust in Christ's work to bridge the gap so that we might be redeemed and we could be adopted not only into his family and be called the son and daughter of God to establish a relationship with God, to be able to walk with God, to be able to hear God and respond to God and listen to God and live abundantly in this life in spite of the chaos. Christ's death bridged the gap. And if you or I come to a place where we recognize God's grace, we recognize that this is an amazing gift, and we just ask him to be our savior, thank God for his gift. Recognize that we are sinful and separate and say, God, you have taken the penalty and you, because of your love, can be my savior. You know, the truth is, it's exciting to have a shepherd. It's exciting to say exactly what David said. The Lord is my shepherd. And if that's the case, I can trust him for everything. He will take care of my every need. And I will be able to walk with my friend. You see, when Christ came 2,000 years ago, his impact was unbelievable. 
But Christ is still offering that same gift. And, and people are still being impacted today. Now one thing, as I come to a close here, I didn't read all of Psalm 23. David shared some powerful promises at the end of the psalm. In fact, Psalm 23, 6. David writes this. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. I don't know if that gives you goosebumps. I don't know if that is something that excites you at all. But David is saying this. He's saying, there is no doubt in my mind. I know you love me, God. I do. Your love is unbelievable. Your love is unfailing. You desire a relationship with me, and you are my shepherd. And I know your love will pursue me, run after me, that I will know and feel this love. So during life, if he is your shepherd, you have an opportunity to do life, no matter how chaotic life is, because you have Jesus. But here's the kicker. The kicker is, David says, I am going to live in the house of the Lord forever. Forever, forever. Wow, do you know how long forever is? It's like forever. It, it, it means, really? I mean, you shut your eyes whenever that is. And, and you start there. And it never ends. It never ends. And if you have Jesus as your shepherd, if you have accepted Christ as your Savior, for the rest of your days, there are no more. There's no more pain, and there's no more sorrow, and there are no more tears, the Scriptures tell us. We get to enjoy the perfect environment that God originally planned for each one of us. But that's our choice. We can choose that. And, and honestly, David was excited. These words come from someone who had the Lord as his shepherd. These words came from someone that, that says, hey, you know what? I am so grateful about my relationship with God. And I'm so grateful he is my shepherd. That alone gives me hope in a world filled with trouble and chaos. You know, my friends, this is an amazing story. It's an amazing psalm. It's an amazing picture or image for each of us that we can have Jesus as our shepherd. I don't think there's anyone here, including myself, that like, likes to be called a sheep. But that's what we are. And he's offering us a relationship.
You, you know, there's so many lessons here. There's so many things. Maybe, maybe you've come into our presence today knowing the Lord. Maybe you're part of God's family. And, and maybe this is such an amazing reminder. God, thank you. Thank you. I, I forget this. I can't imagine doing life without you. My shepherd, thank you, Father. But maybe there's some, whether you're here in these walls or whether you're watching online, that, you know what, I, I don't know Jesus. I, I don't. I, I, I'm pretty sure he's not my shepherd. I, I've been trying to do life by myself. Today, you could have Jesus as your shepherd. You could begin today enjoying his presence. You could have the assurance that when you shut your eyes, whenever that is, that you wake up for eternity with our God, our amazing God. That's exciting. I'm glad you're here. And whether you've just heard that news for the first time or whether you've heard that news for a long time, I just want you to know, God is amazing. That's why we worship. That's why we open the book each week. And that's why we want to help people continually get connected better with a God that loves you in an amazing way. I'm going to close by praying. Father, I just want to say thank you. I do. I am so grateful that uh, you loved us. I'm so grateful that you came to this planet. That you were our perfect sacrifice. That you paid the debt for my sin and our sin. And that we, Father, can have you as a shepherd. God, I know I need you. I know I'm confused with the politics. I'm, I'm confused with the economy. I'm confused with so many things. I'm so grateful that I have you as my shepherd. That I can do life knowing that you will walk with me whether I'm going through a dark valley or not. Lord, we love you. We are so grateful for you. And we pray this day, God, that you'd continue to bring yourself glory and, and that we would just continue to respond. I thank you for all of our guests and I thank you for all of our folks and and we pray that this day would be an amazing and a wonderful day. We know that you're enough, God. We do. And just want to say thank you. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Let's stand together as we respond to Jesus, our good shepherd.